It is only 9.30 p.m., but 16 separate chess games are already underway here at the village chess shop. All the players are men, but the similarity ends there. They range in age from 20 to about 80. Some are neatly kempt. Others are, well, casual in the extreme. Many punch their clock timers in what is known as speed chess. All are deeply absorbed. These elements create just the atmosphere that has kept Neil Ackerman coming back to the village chess shop for almost three decades. Smoke, chess, coffee, uh, the muttering of my... The pictures, the chess sets, it's, uh, it's a niche in the middle of Manhattan. This establishment bears the personal stamp of German-born George Frohlinde, who opened the shop in 1972. The place has a very European flavor to it, you know? Almost a little Russian, a little dilapidated, a little patina on the walls, you know? Not modern plastic. And it's just a place for the average chess player. And I decorated it's a place with a lot of chess sets which I found uh, traveling all over the world to make uh, to, uh, an environment which induces people to love chess. Their chess personality can develop here. Chess ennobles people, and they feel accepted, and then when flowers have light, they bloom. The actual light is none too bright in this shop. Still, it's hard to miss the many aphorisms posted on the walls among the scribbled drawings and the yellowed clippings. One sign reads, chess is an ocean where an elephant can drown and a mosquito can drink. Mr. Froland's nephew, Lawrence Ash, who bought the place a couple of years ago, admires the phrase. What does that mean? A mosquito can, uh, can, can go and have a, a, a drink in, the, in an ocean and a tiny little nothing. And yet an elephant can go in that same place, the hugest animal, and drown there. And it's the same thing in chess. It's sort of clear, even a, a giant in chess can sink at the board against the uh, bum. But this is a, it's a great equalizer in that sense. After three moves, there are 128,000 positions that are possible. That's the ocean. <laughs> Russian, Chinese, Latino, Jewish, Muslim, and a host of other nationalities and ethnic groups are represented among the customers tonight. It is this international flavor which draws tournament player Mark Bogolis here. How can I explain the attraction of this? You have this language, this universal language. You don't have to speak English. It's much like music is a universal language. And you could come into a place like this and meet all kinds of people, and that, that bond is made, and that connection is made, and they'll practice their English, or they'll ask a local like me about New York, and I could discuss ideas of their country, almost like the direct experience of listening to another country on, on shortwave radio. And of course, to do it in, in a complete context of amity, not that all is quiet cooperation and amity at the village chess shop. It's quiet because he's losing. Settle down, cupcake. Wonderful the way he does that, really. Along with the wide range in backgrounds here are clear differences in chess ability. Thomas Lynn is a regular patron. 
think at different level, you know, some guys are beginners and some guys are expert and masters. Maybe some of this guy will play with you, but right away they know that you're not strong. And then they, you know, after one game or two games, they say, you know, I got to go or they want to play with someone else. I mean, they're here every day, seven days a week. They spend more time here than I work. Yeah, it's very consuming. You really get into it. You lose, when you stop playing, you lose all sense of time. Before you know it, it's like 12 o'clock. Wow, I mean, it's just 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. <laughs> you just lose all sense of time. Longtime customer Neil Ackerman warns that there can be a danger of entering into the world of chess too deeply. I've known a lot of people who have played a lot and played well, and some of them have sacrificed portions of their lives because of the game. When you're very good at something that uh, occupies a small world, you may tend to neglect the larger world in favor of the security and power you feel in your smaller world. And uh, there are a lot of people who might end up becoming what we might call chess bombs. But if you keep it in perspective, it's fine. Larry Liebowitz, another village chess shop habitué, says he just likes to bask in an atmosphere he finds both ancient and refined. It goes back to a time when people were pretty primitive, and yet uh, it, it took a computer mind to know exactly what's happening, because every move you make there, you could be causing a disaster later on there. It shows the computer mind of people of ancient times, because it takes a lot of intelligence to do it. Neither Lawrence Nash nor George Frolinda play as much chess as they once did. What continues to make the game interesting to the shop's owner and its founder are its neutral nature and its ability to provide a place where the endless colorful parade of Greenwich Village personalities can express themselves. All interaction, human interactions you can see across a chessboard when two people are playing. What are some of the more peaceful possibilities? A good, fun, nice game, a lot of laughs. You know, the other possibility is a, is a fight. There's people who shouldn't play each other. <laughs> All great passions have great dangers. Perhaps it is, as the author George Steiner once wrote, chess may be the deepest, least exhaustible of pastimes, but it's nothing more. Your move. At the Village Chess Shop in New York City, this is Adam Phillips reporting. Thank you.